0: Oh, I just, I love the thrill of catching them. I just love, it's just a great industry, it's a great lifestyle. You're on the water and, yeah, and they're great great to eat too, you know.
1: This is Fishtales, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. Ben Pethick is the owner and skipper of F.V. Bowithick, a Western Rock lobster, or crayfish as they are colloquially known, and wetline fishing boat operating out of the Abrolis Islands off the coast of midwest Western Australia. Although born into the industry and with salt in his veins, Ben has implemented numerous innovative ways to progress fishing practices and enhance quality. Working closely with another next generation seafood operation, the Perth-based Finn Seafood Wholesalers, Ben's fish have gained iconic status with the leading chefs and restaurants around the country and in premium Singapore markets. It's clear that families born into fishing have a unique and special relationship with the ocean, and an innate and intimate respect for everything in and around the water.
0: Uh, my name's Ben Pethick. I fish uh, around the Broolers Island area in Western Australia. Uh, Brollis Islands is probably starts about 30 nautical miles uh, west west, kind of northwest of Jilton, which is approximately four and a half hours north of Jilton, And there's uh, five major island groups over there, which are uh, spread uh, probably about 40 miles or 50 miles long. Where uh, fishermen live over there and mainly crayfish over there certain times of the year. And we, uh, we uh, catch our fish around them areas. It's very pristine. Type of country. A lot of shallow, uh, coraly islands, sometimes underwater, sometimes above. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Absolute sensational coral grounds and just very uh, beautiful ground. It's always been in my blood. I've just, ever since I could walk, I went to the continental shelf. With my dad at the first age of three, crayfishing, just, just always wanted to be around the boats. Just um, lived and breathed it. If I wasn't out in the boat, I was a uh, Living on the jetty catching herring and squid and in the dinghies, just pulling amateur pots and and fishing and just 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 love it. Just just love being on the water.
1: Western Australia's Western Rock Lobster fishing community have built itself into a half billion dollar industry today, but it is still very much tied to the stories of the people who long ago came to the state in search of a better life. For some it was moving from harvesting the land to harvesting the seas the Pethics are one such family. Without the dedication and determination of fishery pioneers such as the Pethics, the industry wouldn't be where it is today.
0: Uh, I'm a third generation fisherman. Uh, my granddad was uh, originally a farmer back in the um, 60s and 70s in a little place called Karoon. Decided to get in the fishing game in 72 and sold his farm and his butcher stock and uh, bought his first cray boat and moved to a little town called uh, Lehman, which is... Uh, two and a half hours north of Perth in West Australia. And uh, he uh, brought his first boat. Then uh, a couple of years later, brought another one. Then, yeah, so that's how the history began. Then my dad uh, gave me the opportunity to drive the boat uh, at, at 19, 20 years of age. He'd had enough. And i have been working on the boat. So I left school at 15 and jumped on the boat with him. And, and then uh, got my opportunity fairly young. I think I was a, one of the... Second youngest guy to ever get an opportunity to um at the time. Like, there there's always a lot of older people around at that time and, and obviously didn't like the young guys too much, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and uh it was pretty cutthroat back then and uh yeah, we uh eventually got my turn and had a real good hard crack at it, and then down the track we went to uh to Quota. So we um in the cray fishing game, and which gave me a lot of spare time to uh, off. So then, a good family friend of ours offered uh, me his um, wet lining license, a line line court license, and then uh, I brought that, and and then um, just built it from there. So now I'm virtually a full time line fisherman, part time crowfishman.
1: <laughs> Modern fishermen like Ben not only need to understand seasons, sea conditions and fish movements, but they also need to collect, manage and maintain important information relating to what they do, when and where. Early mornings, late or overnight trips and often inclement weather make the job of a fisherman as far from that as a desk-bound researcher as can be found. But Ben and his fellow fishermen in Western Australia are very much part of the essential research that is used to manage the fisheries themselves.
0: Crayfish is usually the entire, always early morning start, you know, like sometimes we'll we'll leave a port or a little a little town in the dinghies and go out to the mornings, probably anywhere between one and three o'clock every morning. Up early, sometimes uh, we'll be hanging out, which means like stay out overnight or come home every day just depending on catch catch sizes catch sizes. So we um, get up early out pull the pots. Usually pull anywhere between 100 and 150 pots a day. So then, yeah, if uh, out there, catch, put the uh, catch on board and then bring it home every day onto the jetties or the ports and then deliver the crays. With uh, the crayfish, and we have a uh, really light, uh, very tight uh, industry where before every day you leave, you have to um, have an app or make a phone call to the fisheries. So this was called fish eye, and you make a call before you leave. You go out, you pull your gear, record your catch, and before you even come into port, you have to record how much you got on board, how many kilos. And then when you get in after delivering the product, you then once again then have to uh, another email or phone call and record to the very kilo how much you delivered every day so they can keep a control on how much kilos is coming out of the water at every, every, every day of the season. It comes down, you know uh, how much tonnage a year you're allowed to catch to your entitlement, how much you own and or lease as well. So um, you know before start every season where you stand and you usually try to plan out best you can where you think you're going to maximise your, your product's price around the year, like the Chinese New Year or the um, lucky days in May, the crayfish prices are usually good, considering except this year. And um, yeah, it's um you know where you stand.
1: It's said that the first five minutes after a fish is removed from the water will determine how it eats. Ikojima is a Japanese fish preparation method that paralyzes fish and drains them of blood. When done correctly, It not only preserves the fish's flavour and texture, but also allows the flesh to develop an umami dimension as it ages. Despite its Japanese origins, more and more fishermen around the world have been taking on the technique and using it to maximise the quality of their catch. For Ben, deploying this process has become a catalyst to the development of his award-winning fish quality.
0: We all all line-caught fish, so as soon as we get the fish on the boat, we are... Land all the products straight onto foam mattresses to prevent any bruising at all and uh, then then we uh, straight away we double regime the the fish which is a brain spike to the head and the tail of the fish and then then the gill snip and then to get the blood rushing out while the heart's still pumping to get all the blood out of the system and now and now we're going to putting our fish in like a circulating tank to to like wash all the blood out of the uh, of the of the fish until um until that fish has completely stopped heart stop bleeding and it stopped blood coming out of the the fish. Then we then pack it in ice slurries to so then there's no no blood in the slurries whatsoever and and then that cause no bacteria into the fish. And then we uh we cut all our own fish. After we get in, we load all our fish into. In the, in the trailers and then deliver our fish ourselves. Myself and my dad would drive them down from Geraldton, which is about a four and a half, thousand, four and a half hour drive and to the boys at Finn's and um, that way they're not uh, sitting around on track bays and two or three days to get to the factory. So we try to get there with only three or four days old to make sure we get the primo time out of the fish for people who can use our product.
1: For a country that loves the ocean as much as Australia does, it's strange to think that over 70% of the seafood we eat is imported. Finns Seafood is a next-generation Perth-based seafood wholesaler with a passion for doing things differently. The Finns model is about celebrating what is so great about the local seafood of Western Australia and, importantly, where it comes from and who caught it. For Ben, a chance meeting with the Finns Boys on social media has resulted in a truly symbiotic and respectful relationship, which allows him to focus on producing great fish whilst building a close bond with his end users.
0: I was um, had all this spare time. I only had a certain certain amount of uh, license share in the in the industry, and I um, I was kind of finding it hard to consistently sell my fish to places. So through Instagram, one day I them across to, uh, the Finns boys and noticed our new guys on the block and just sent him a message through Instagram and you interested in buying fish. And he goes, yeah, Phil, call me on this number. So next to the other fish I got, I gave him a call and delivered it to him. And then ever since then, I've delivered 99% of my catch to the Finns boys. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it's always good. You know, you put a lot of hard work into your product and you just really want to know where it ends up and what people do with it. You know, the good things with fins is that, you know, before you drop fish off somewhere and they go, oh, you know, this is our fish, like they sell it as their own and you give the fishermen no recognition at all. So now with the fins boys, uh, they tell everyone, you know, this is my fish off the bow with you, and which now chefs can reach out and just quite often I've got chefs reaching out every trip I know oh, what time you're in, what are you got on board and, you know, they tag me and all what they're doing with the fish and then you know, I can reach share on my page and I just really enjoy it and, and love that side of things now that where it ends up and what it looks like is fantastic. Quite often we'll we'll go to places and made great relationships with some of the chefs around the place and that actually, you know, they all want to come out and come fishing with me and have a go at themselves and whenever they get free time there's not a lot of that, but um they all <laughs> they um yeah, no, it's great. Love going there and seeing what they've done with it and how it tastes and, and just even getting out the back in the kitchen and, and seeing how they've prepped it all and from start to finish. And even I oh, even go sometimes with the boys that I've dropped it off before with them as well, just to just to meet the guys using my product.
1: The challenges of fishing can be trying at the best of times. With the advent of the COVID pandemic and the closure of the China market for lobster, Ben's business was thrown into a completely new phase. The relationship with Finns allowed him to transition a focus on the premium retail and food sectors domestically in Australia. The history of his family in the lobster business allowed him to weather the storm of this transition.
0: Oh, it's definitely been pretty stressful. You know, like, yeah, your total catch has been... We don't catch as much as we did because we've gone through an 18-month season the last past two seasons to kind of stretch out the the quota to try to... We looked at it away a to um, stretch it out so they could find more markets to be able to sell the sell the product so we weren't selling at too low a price to really keep everyone afloat because at times, especially last year, the price got beach price got down to like $16, $17 a kilo, which is really, really break even. Or not even break even for the fishermen, you just, yeah, it's pretty scary times. <laughs>
1: the seafood industry has been going through massive change over the past 20 years since Ben started commercial fishing. The implementation of quotas and fishing restrictions has hugely been beneficial to the seafood stocks, but the physical demands and uncertainty of return has been a deterrent for many to enter the industry. Although already in his 40s, Ben is one of the youngest professional fishermen in Western Australia, and with few young entrants joining him, the future is somewhat uncertain. It's
0: really becoming a a dying breed, I guess. I'm probably the. I'm probably I'm 40 in a couple of days, and probably the third youngest in the industry at the moment, I think. So there's not many young people coming through in the, in the wet lining, and then in the cray fishing, you know. Since quotas come in, I think it's it's gone down by two thirds the amount of boats in the industry. So it's um, definitely a shrinking, a shrinking industries, but still a good one. The stocks are slowly recovering, but we are going through a bit of a transition in this side of Australia at the moment. We're we're talking about even putting the line court on a quota system as well, which is gonna it's gonna protect the industry more and hopefully prolong it for a long time so we don't overfish it and look after it as best as we can, because without leaving fish in the water to breed and reproduce, we we're, we're going nowhere.
1: But if there is a bright light in the industry. It is fisherman like Ben Pethick, enthusiastic, committed and responsive to the needs of a changing industry. With strong values and a true love of his job, Ben is an inspiration to anyone who loves the environment, the ocean and seafood.
0: Oh, I just, I love the thrill of catching them. I just love, it. it's just a great industry, it's a great lifestyle. You're on the water and yeah, it's really, all really, especially our setups, are really family orientated business, so I work on there and drive the boat. My dad's, he's 63, 64, he's still coming out. My cousin works on there. My son's on there at times so when he's not at school, so just great to be able to fish that way and and just choose your times when you're on fishing. If you need family time, you can, and it's just, yeah, and they're great great to eat too, you know. If it's cray fishing or it's, or it's catching fish, just really enjoy the hunt of catching them, cause as you know, Johnny, sometimes you can go out there and catch plenty and look like a superstar. And next day, you you catch 100 kilos for the day, which is not in cavern cost though, but I really enjoy that that hunt of trying to, to work out where they are and and what they're doing. And then, just on the other hand, I just love being on the water and that getting out there and on the water, away from everything, and just. It's just a sense of uh, freedom out there. You just feel so relaxed, especially on the nice days. Not bad ones aren't that good, but on the nice days, it's just great. It's a great feeling just being out in the middle of nowhere and next minute a whale will pop up or dolphins will pop up and the other day some fish popped up next to us. It, just, just great and all that. No chance to offer when a lot of people don't see
1: This is FishTales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Seafood Podcast, or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.